You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Keetra. Thank you for tuning in with me today for another wonderful episode of SOB Style of Business. Today, I'm speaking with Charlinda Scales of... Hey! Oh, oh, did I do it right? <laughs> did I... Sounds good. All right, perfect. I'm trying to make sure because I we were just talking about the name pronunciation and like I was telling you, I have one of those names too, so... Anyway, I want to introduce everybody to Charlinda Scales, who is the CEO of Mud Sauce. I have not had a chance to experience this wonderful sauce, but I've been reading some great reviews about it. I just know she's going to send me a bottle of it. <laughs> so, yes. so we will. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm looking forward to it. And so we're going to let her give us uh, some information about her background, of course, go into depth about what she's doing here in a bit when we start getting into the interview. And also, too, I want to. Thank you for your service. We know that you, or I know rather, you've served in the the Air Force for several years and just want to thank you on behalf of myself and the listeners for your dedication and service to our beautiful country. So without further ado, you are so welcome. Charlinda, go ahead and um, give us a background. So hi, everyone. My name is Charlinda Scale, and I am a country girl from the hills of Cookville, Tennessee. First and foremost, uh, but like Teacher said, I'm also an entrepreneur. Myself LC has been in existence since 2013. I was an Air Force veteran for 11 years, and it was in that last year, or well, almost next to last year, that uh, I got the idea to turn my grandfather's recipe into a company, and that's what we're going to talk about today. It's a wonderful journey. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Like I told you, I, I had checked out a couple of the, the videos earlier. So I know you've been at it for quite some time and we are excited to hear more. And there's a I listened to it, but then I also read the story behind Mud Sauce and how that kind of came to be as far as the company, you know, forming the company. So I'm going to let you tell us the story. Give us the backstory behind Mud Sauce. Okay, well, I'll try to keep it brief. I said my number one challenge today is going to be keeping it brief because I'm Southern, y'all. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, Hey, from one country girl to another, don't worry about it. Let's take our time. <laughs> hey, let's use our accents. Whatever you have from Tennessee to Texas, it's all good. It's all good. Great. So my grandpa, I actually grew up on a, in the countryside with my grandfather and my grandmother and my mom. My aunt and her two sons, we all lived together. But way, way before I was even thought of, my grandfather came up with this recipe for a sauce. He hated condiments. I don't know if you can imagine someone who just cannot stand them. And he's like, if I'm going to eat them, I want to make this as simple as possible because most people's refrigerators are full of condiments. You have relish and mustard and ketchup and mayonnaise and everything. And because most of it's probably expired. You don't even use half of it. Yeah. And you so, have those packs from uh, the fast food restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a waste of money. <laughs> right. If you're young, not going to use it every day. So he had this thought in his mind that he wanted to make one sauce 
for everything. And that was what he set out to do. So um, it was a trial and error, from what I'm told, over 100 times of <laughs> make it, taste it, throw it away, make it another batch, drive my grandmother crazy. And he finally came up with the recipe that he liked back in, like, 1956. It's as far back as anybody can remember him being done with the final recipe. And our family ate it ever since then. I was an 80s kid, so they had it in the family for a while. I couldn't eat the regular one because I'm actually allergic to pepper. Oh, wow. And pepper's one of the ingredients, so he actually made a batch for me, a special one without pepper, and I enjoyed that throughout my life. He unfortunately passed away from cancer in 2005, so uh, it never was a company. He would just make it and give it to people which was really nice of him. He was able to break down barriers. He was also an Air Force veteran of Vietnam and Korean War, aircraft mechanic. And what he would do, uh, we just thought it was so complicated, we probably have lost this recipe. It left with him. And the secret that my mom didn't tell anybody was that he gave her the original handwritten recipe with explicit instructions to give it to me. Oh, wow. And... I was actually in the United States Air Force, so I was active duty at the time of his death, and she waited eight years because she she said she just didn't know how to tell me one, and she didn't know what I could possibly do with it, and all of her brothers and sisters were alive, so if you can imagine, all the children were still living, and he, I'm like the third grandkid, I think, so there's eight people in this succession line. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's eight people in this hierarchy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the eighth and he gave it to me with no, here's what you should do. And I thought that was, you know, when she finally told me in 2013, eight years later, I said this was his life passion. Like, besides serving his country, he was passionate about this. And no instructions kind of left me with a feeling of immense responsibility. And he shared this. He spent his entire life making it and sharing it, making it and sharing it. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn how to make it, and I'm going to share it. Yeah, and that is where Boss LLC came from. Wow. That is an incredible story. I just kind of, eight years, right? Eight years. Yeah, that had to have been better than inheriting a couple of million dollars or so. Because, <laughs> you know, that's kind of like, it's sacred when somebody is, when you have received something like that. Like, he wrote out exactly what his intentions for the recipe was like even after that and and that's just like I I know there's probably some more information that you probably have in regards to that story but how did you feel like when you got that were you kind of overwhelmed or were you what were you thinking I cried I mean I was I learned at the time I was in um when I found out it's 2013 so I was stationed at uh Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio and I was in my apartment and I just stopped for a good few hours because yeah. I'm thinking, it's meant so much to him. This is so overwhelming. I don't know what to do. Is everyone going to hate me? Like, and you know, he's like, yeah. you're having all of these thoughts, all of these emotions. And what do you do? And I had saved up all my money from the time I had left from college. I, from my first day in the Air Force until then, I took all my savings to start the company. Oh, wow. And... Yeah, um, that's how much I was like, it just has to be done. It's just, yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, for me, I'm thinking I want people to be able to feel 
a part of him. And the part of it was for my family. I'm like, I'm just going to set out to make enough bottles that I can give some to my family and all of my closest friends and go from there. But it started to grow faster than I even thought. In the first production, it was pretty insane. It, it took on a life of its own. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And I know you have several childhood memories that are relived when you think about that recipe. How did that help bring people together, like the food and him, you know, creating the sauce when you guys were having get togethers and stuff like that? Yeah, food is synonymous with family. Yeah. And back then, I don't know what it's like now in the modern families. Not a lot of people sit down and eat at the table, but that was a thing for us. It was every day. So you want to hear about people's day. It was the culmination of, you know, the day. Everyone come together over food. And, and that's what bonded us at all times. Holidays, you know, you have big mama's house. Some, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, and it didn't matter if he didn't know the language. So there's a picture that I have of him having a barbecue, a backyard barbecue in Japan. Oh, wow. And those people didn't even really know the language. But when he broke out that song, it didn't matter. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I know what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, that is funny. When you learned that you, from the time that you learned that you inherited the recipe and then, you know, you started thinking about the money that you had saved, how long did it take you to turn that into a business? Four months. Four months. Oh, yeah. So you didn't waste any time. You thought about it. and It was pretty insane. And like anybody in the food business world, when I say that I, I had a manufactured bottle of sauce that was store ready in four months, it's pretty crazy. It's actually very insane. Yeah. <laughs> I was determined. I did an article called The Seed of Determination. And the best way that I can describe it, when I went in, I used uh, score.org. So if anyone is trying to start a business and they, they need a free 99 mentoring, as I call it, you go to score.org. They're funded by their local government. And the mentors there, a lot of them are veterans or they have owned businesses themselves and they're volunteering their time to teach other budding startups like what you need to do step by step and I walked in there and they said what do you want to do I said I want to bottle my granddaddy sauce and sell it and give it you know to anybody who wants to to buy it great and so that they built you a checklist off of that and fast as you can make it through the checklist is how fast you're going to get to your final product but I knew call it cliche but after all my crime was done I had a dream (laughs) that I walked into a country store that was this little country store at the top of our hill in Cookville, Tennessee, on Joe Martin Road. You would have me fetch stuff for him, right? Right. And he called me Tutti Fruity. Tutti Fruity, I need you to go up to the store and get something for me. So in my dream, I headed up there into the store to get him something. I walked in there, and normally, you know, there's a man at the counter, same man. But in this dream, it was empty. Nobody was in there. And when I looked on the shelves, it was just racks and racks and racks of That is phenomenal. I mean, four months, SCORE is definitely a good organization. I know they have chapters all over the country and all the different cities. 
But yeah, four months, you were definitely determined to get that product uh, <laughs> in circulation. That's great. It was, it was a lot. But, you know, when you take that and you think about the fact I'm active duty, so I'm working, what, like 10, 12-hour days sometimes. And then I go home at night and do all the business paperwork and spend every weekend studying or going out and networking and night networking with people. Yeah, and it was like that every day for four months straight. Yep, and you got it done. So that is perfect. That's a great example of the speed of determination. And I know that you, I've seen you in the stores, your promotional videos, you're the product on the shelves. And I know there are countless brands that are out there, whether it be barbecue sauce or marinades or whatever. But what makes mud sauce, like what makes the recipe so special? What makes it stand out? I tell people that tasting is believing. And you have to taste and believe because it has a flavor that's not like anything anyone's ever tried. And I delight in watching people try mud sauce for the first time. It's like the faces that they make. Because they think they're, they just know what they're getting into. They walk up, they're all confident. Oh, yeah, I would like to try a sample. And then they try it, and then their faces, you can see the question mark, Kitra. Like, you can see them confused. Their senses are all that stuff. I thought this was barbecue, but it's not. I thought this was salad dressing, but it's not. Can I drink this? Like, they're confused, but they like it. Sweet, tangy with a little bit of heat, but that's about the best way that we can describe it. It's not like anything that's on the the market in terms of flavor and consistency of it. It's thinner than a barbecue. And the other thing is, we've even had people say, oh, well, you're like a mambo sauce. I'm like, well, I can't even say I'm like mambo. We're different because when you come up to the D.C. area, everybody has a different version of mambo sauce. I can't go in one restaurant and get their mambo sauce and go to another restaurant, their mambo sauce tastes different. Everywhere you would go, if you taste mutt sauce, you know it's mutt sauce. Yeah. That's the difference to me. Like, anywhere you go, it's the same flavor. So, mm-hmm. um, that's the part, and plus the consistency, and that is our number one question people ask if they can drink it. Well, yes. Wow, can you drink it? Oh, okay. Would it go good with like a maybe an afternoon cocktail or something? Is is it good? To- yeah, actually, we had a vegetable. We had like a cooking contest, and one month was vegetables. And this guy Rod Jones, he won because he created the bloody mud. Oh my gosh. Okay. The, what is it? The bloody mud. The bloody mud. Yeah, we'll. I'm writing that down. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that off the exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Off the podcast or where else. So this brings me to my my next question. You were talking about, I know you mentioned SCORE and you had this checklist and it, you know, from the time that you digest and really thought about what you were doing, it took you four months to get everything together. But what type of market research did you do to learn about brand positioning and just making sure that your product stood out? Right. So I tell you a market that's really important and that is barbecue. And that's not a market that I wanted to be in at all. Whereas people use mud sauce as barbecue, from my research, I found out that we're more of a niche market. We're specialty sauce, and those are sauces that you don't have to add anything to because they already have spices in it, like your Heinz 45, um, your Gazzieri sauces, like any of these like special sauces that you can use for multiple things. 
Yeah. So I had to do that research, and then um, before you get into stores, I learned you have to have lab, test, lab testing done on your product. So I worked with a couple of university agriculture food science labs and test the pH level of uh, the sauce to make sure that I knew the shelf life of the sauce. I mean, there are things that, that I never would have put in my brain about my granddaddy's sauce. I'm very intimately aware now. Yeah, I bet you learned a lot about you just mentioned pH balance. Like I, you know, I hadn't even considered the pH balance of a barbecue sauce or ketchup or anything until you just right. mentioned that. So that's, that is so there's, weird. There's different uh, acceptable levels for the pH. You know, it can't be too acidic. And, and then also let them know, like, what kind of preservatives that you have in it and how that will affect the sauce. So you don't want to catch stuff like listeria from tomatoes. Oh, no. But there's a lot of things about food safety that I had to learn. You had to learn about, you know, like you said, the positioning of where you would be that definitely changes your potential sales. Some stores, they won't even accept barbecues. I, I tried to enter a one-store chain my first year, and they said, we're not accepting barbecue for the next two years. That's how many applications they had. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, you, you really learn fast about these, these things that can affect profitability. Exactly, yeah. No, I can imagine. And what was that process, the launching process? Just I know that you were already in active duty and busy, but what was the launch process like? Someone tipped me off and said it, was, it would be a really great idea to join my local chamber of commerce. So the, where I lived was Beaver Creek, Ohio, very quaint town in uh, Ohio. And so I joined the Beaver Creek Chamber of Commerce. And one thing that I really like about them is they, they're trying to promote the local economy by supporting the small businesses and the other businesses in the area. And as a chamber member, they helped you do a launch event. And they invite other chamber members, people from town, to support you. And that really mm-hmm. helped me really sell my first batch because I made 700, and I'll tell you this real quick, my first production was made by an Amish family out in Wellston, Ohio, three-hour drive away from Beaver Creek. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Out in the middle of nowhere. And so I would rent this U-Haul. I drove three hours out there at 3 o'clock in the morning so we could start production at 6 o'clock. My launch event at the chamber was two days later in December. They hand-poured 700 bottles because oh. they didn't have a machine. I actually walked in and said, where's your machine? And they said, we are the machine. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. So they made these 700 bottles. I drove them back to Beaver Creek, Ohio, and they had the launch event in the chamber. It was a great turnout and sold all the bottles. I was like, Wow. That was awesome. And I was like, are you buying this just because you're supporting me? Do you really like it? But the feedback start sharing it and tasting it. Like, wow, you really have a great product. And so then they start giving you tips. Well, you already have a UPC barcode. You take the time to do the nutrition panel. Like, you went the whole mile of having a store-ready product out the gate. So we're just going to connect you to some mom-and-pop grocery store owners and help you grow. we got to get you on the shelf. And so they really did help me. I mean, they really did help me get in my uh, first couple of, of stores. Actually, my first client was uh, a hotel, and then um, I did some farmer's markets, and then a couple of mom-and-pop stores. There's a really great one out there called Spice Rack and Bulk Food. They're really, really great in that local area. 
So, I mean, everybody really, the whole community came together and supported me as a small business owner. Yeah. And it took Took off from there. Took off from there, yeah. And I, with everything going on, though, how do you go about time management, especially when you're trying to get the right things done at the right time? Well, I have to say, as a veteran entrepreneur, I've leaned on what I've learned from my time in the military. And in the military, you have you have a set amount of time. Of course, we're not nine to fivers. We're as long as we're needed. But you still want to be efficient because you can't do everything. You have to figure out what the top priorities are and realistically, can they get done? So maybe you have five things you really wanted to do that day. But looking at your schedule and, the, and you know, things that happen, like, you know, you wake up, stuff happens that you didn't account for the previous day. Yeah. You just have to pick the top two and just make sure you get those things done, the critical things that, that you have to get done. Focus on that. So I think that the military really helped me hone my focus. I'm still, uh, as an entrepreneur, I am kind of one of those people that always have 500 things on my mind. So I try to reel it in and just say, just two things today, Shalanda. Just two. Just two things. That would help a lot of people kind of cut back the whole notion of more is better. Because sometimes if you're not really focused on a task and you end up just doing six or seven different things and just kind of doing it 70%. So, right. yeah. Like, you know, people want to say jack of all trades, master of none. Like, and some of these, you know, the older you get, you want to feel like you did something. You right. want to feel like you got something done. Exactly. There's nothing better than going to bed feeling accomplished. Because if you don't complete something, it just stays on your mind. It hovers in your mind, the back of your mind the next day and piles on top of the other stuff. So, yeah, yeah. You become complete and, and emotionally exhausted. Exactly. Yep, you got that right. And I know you mentioned, yeah. um, I know you talked about already SCORE and also your local chamber of commerce. Any helpful books on like business management or entrepreneurship? Any gems that you could share with us? Yes, actually, I just finished a really, really good book called The Power of Growth by Damon John. And that was a great read. And I'm fortunate to have been able to recently met him, and I was just notified that I'm one of his VIP ambassadors for his new book coming out next January called Rise and Grind. Wow. So that's going to be an excellent journey. But right now, I would say, yeah, his, his book, The Power of Growth, he talks about his journey with FUBU, and he also has some really great interviews from multiple different entrepreneurs from different backgrounds. And you can learn about Gigi's cupcakes and how, you know, a woman went from just a a small in-home cupcake business to a big dessert empire. Rob Derrick's escape order, like his journey. I mean, he has some really great testimonies in the book. And it's all surrounded by people came from humble beginnings. Not everybody just hits it big. Even with Guru, it took him eight years before, you know, you saw him blow up with... uh, LL Cool J wearing his gear, and even that, you know, he said by that point he'd gone out of business like two or three times, like completely out of business. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. And, but, you know, that's not the part of the journey that people remember, but he does. Exactly. He remembers the process. He said he remembers the days when he was broke. He said that you should operate, even when you get big, even when you get it big, you need to operate like you did when you were broke. Because broke people watch every penny. You're not going to Starbucks. You're not going to, you know, you're not shopping. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that'll definitely change your perspective when you're monitoring every dollar. So I agree with you. I can definitely understand what you're getting to on that. So you have been at this for quite some time. I'm going to backtrack just a couple of, because I, I wanted to ask you something that was not initially presented in the questions, but when you were younger, like as a child, like what was some of your ambition? Did you, I can't, oh, you know, oh, I guess you envisioned doing a sauce, but what was some of your interests as far as, were you always interested in entrepreneurship or was there some other things that you were interested in? And I know that you also played, tell us about, because you said something about Clemson the other day when I was looking at one of your videos. So we put you on the spot. You have to tell us more about what? your background on that. Yeah, so I um, I love sports. Actually, I, I played soccer and I did track when I was in high school and I wanted to play soccer for Clemson's women's team really bad. At that point, I was looking at colleges. They had won the ACC championships. So to me, I'm like, when you talk about Southern colleges, they're the best. I want to go there. Yeah. And I tore my ACL the first game of my senior year oh, of soccer. No. This is the most horrific injury because I've never been hurt before. I had to learn how to walk all over again because they tried some experimental surgery on me that shut down both of my legs. It was a hard road. You know, I got one of those things in the mail. It was like a late night infomercial. Are you an athlete? Out of home? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, yes I am. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You. Like, we can help you become the athlete you've always wanted. Oh, to be my God. And we do that. I'm headed that way anyway. Oh, my so God. I'd already accepted. <laughs> an Air Force scholarship to go to Clemson, so I was like, they're paying for school, I might as well just see what this thing is all about, but it was actually collegiate rowing, Yeah. and I'd never rowed a day in my life, and I didn't even know how to swim, teacher, like, I don't know, <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> oh my gosh, you fearless. I didn't care, but I try out for 11 weeks, I made the team, but that, then once I got hit by that Division One athlete bug, I was like, okay, well, I'll race want to run track, so I'm just going to walk on to that team. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I did. I walked on to the um, track team. I ended up being a pentathlete. It was a five event. I did pentathlon the last couple of years. And yeah, that was a great experience. But I, to answer your original question, what I wanted to be, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor as long as I can remember. I love anatomy. I love Anything to do with the human body, I think it's fascinating. The growth of the growth stuff is just cool to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's weird. Like, I was like, don't please, I will diagnose you in a heartbeat. I'm worse than Google. I really wanted to be a doctor, and I took honors chemistry. I remember taking honors chemistry in college and in and, and high school, and that class was so unbearable. God bless the teacher, but that <laughs> that's so unbearable that I said, if I have to do anything like chemistry to become a doctor, forget it. And and that I also kind of like business, so I was like, I'm just going to go the business route. I've never really aspired to have a company or own a company, but I do like working with people. I consider myself a servant leader because I really do. I'm naturally inquisitive about how people operate, and I'm fascinated by their goals and what they want to do in their lives. Like, how, how, what do you feel holding you back? And let's 
solve this problem together. So from like a human interaction standpoint, I love working with people in business, majoring in business. I felt like it was a natural fit for me. So that's what I did. I majored in um, business and aerospace science, and then I got my master's degree, and uh, I got an MBA with a concentration in strategic Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
You are exactly right. I have had plenty of those moments. The good thing is, if you persist and just stay at it, things will, even if it wasn't entrepreneurship, I mean, there's always going to be things that come up and you just have to kind of stick with it. Yeah, I keep going. Yeah. And so this is a perfect lead in to this next question. Where do you find the inspiration to keep going, especially on the days when things are not as going as well as you'd like them to go? Well, I would just say that it is bigger than me. Definitely is. I know now that it is bigger than me. And that's what keeps me going. When you meet people and they're talking about how much they love it or how much their children really love the sauce, you're motivated. You know, I'll get a call. I think it was like the first time someone emailed me and said, Must sauce LC. So they don't they don't know that it was just me, right? Yeah. <laughs> they don't know that it's just me. <laughs> I'm writing my top LC to tell you guys that I was at Spring Street Market and you guys are out and I really need it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the kind of calls I, I want to like, get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, whoa. Okay. That is something else. I bet you, Harry, I had to make a restock real quick. Right. So you're now motivated to meet the needs of these people. And that's why I consider myself like, servant leader. I'm serving these people. I'm at the whim of people who've now made this a part of their lifestyle. You are absolutely right. And I could not agree with you more, especially when you you kind of started. So you just want to keep the momentum going. And not only that, but you have people that are interested and they enjoy it. So it's not like you can just pull it from them. You know, you've already given it to them. So, you know, they're expecting it and anticipating it to be on the shelf. What's the best or the best piece of advice rather that anyone has ever given you that has helped you, you know, not not necessarily as an entrepreneur, but just like key life advice. Well, I have to say, I am a mama's girl. So my mom, she's always telling me to just, above all else, you, you have to believe in something bigger than yourself and stay humble. And even between her and my grandfather, they both reinforce the fact that humility will take you far. And they're right, been right every time. And as long as you... You realize that you're not the smartest person, you're not the richest person, you're not the most successful person. Like, if you don't have the mindset that that you're the hottest thing out there, that you're the, there's nothing bigger than you that has helped you get to this point. People who carry themselves that way, you can tell. Like, at some point, this journey is going to end for them. Opportunities, that's where opportunities stop, I think, is when the humility is gone and when people have this mindset that there's nothing bigger than them, it's just really kind of sad for me to witness. But I've always done it. It takes a village. It took a village to get me here. I mean, at one point, we all couldn't even wipe our own behind. So yeah. you got to realize that, that it took a lot of people to get you to where you're at right now and let that thought guide you. Exactly. Yeah. You are. I love that. You might see that if you see that pop up as a, a Twitter post with the little quote thing with the image and then I, but I will credit your name. Opportunity st- stops when the humility is gone. I'll, I'll make sure I put your credit. So if you see that, don't get on me. All right. No, that's fine. Perfect. All right, Charlinda, I'm not going to hold you. But before you go, I'm going to ask you, you've already given us some life advice. You've given us resources. You've given us your background story. Aspiring entrepreneurs. What advice do you have for those individuals? And then we'll wrap up by letting you give us the information about how to find you online. I would 
tell them if they're thinking about doing something, there's a reason why they're having that thought. And the more they have it and it doesn't go away, that means it's tied to a purpose. They need to not be afraid. They need to just go ahead and have faith and do it. You know, as soon as they start doing it, they'll realize it's not as scary as they thought. Exactly. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, let us know where we can grab a bottle of Mud Sauce online and also where we can find more information about yourself and Mud Sauce LLC. Uh, make sure to mention websites, social media handles, and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. So if you want to learn about Mud Sauce, you can go to mudsauce.com, M-U-T-T-S-S-A-U-C-E.com. All of our social media handles are at Mud Sauce. And if you want to check on me, see what I'm doing, I am Charlinda Jean on my social media, C-H-A-R-L-Y-N-D-A-J-E-A-N. And that's at Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, Charlinda Jean and charlindajean.com. All right, perfect, Charlinda. We will definitely be checking in on all of those websites, and we look forward to seeing what you have stored for 2018 and definitely having you back here again. So, again, thanks so much for participating, for giving us your secrets. The only thing we didn't get is this, the secret sauce recipe, <laughs> but we know you got to keep that under wraps, but we appreciate you joining today and um, definitely looking forward to your future. So take care and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Keetra. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.